0: Hey everyone, welcome back to BPX After Dark Broadcast live each Thursday night at 9pm in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital That's digital with a J A show that breaks down everything happening in the silos of BPX Where you, the community, have the opportunity to come on stage Ask questions and share your opinions to help influence the BPX community And now, without further delay, let's get to this week's show with the host of BPX After Dark and the largest whale in the ecosystem, Beejams. Hey everybody, welcome to a special BPX After Dark exclusive hosted by Radish Digital. This is your host, um, Discord user Slappy White, and I'm really excited, even more (laughs) excited than I was 30 minutes ago when this was supposed to start. You know, I was telling folks before, when I got on at nine o'clock, which apparently nobody could hear. I was coming back from a trip, driving through Tennessee, bad thunderstorms. I mean, you know, I'm a northerner, but they look like tornado clouds. And traffic was horrible. The interstate was closed at different points. And we got in at 2.30 in the morning after like a 12, 13 hour drive. And then on top, so then I slept for you know about five hours. On top of it, my wife and I are 30 hours into a 48 hour fast. And this afternoon, my wife's like, why do you have so much energy? Where's it coming from? And I'm like, yeah, cause the marketplace is launching tomorrow and Frenchie's gonna be on tonight. I'm like, it doesn't get better than this. All right, well, let's get rolling since we're gonna attempt something harder than what the Lost Miners and Wonders of the First accomplished, keeping the spaces short and sweet. So I have on the stage Frenchie, Awesome.
1: Yeah, no, I was able to uh, enjoy a little end of summer getaway there after National. Uh, kids go back to school this week, and so we tried to kind of jam one in. we were able to and uh, get down to one of my favorite spots. So I enjoy being down in the islands, and definitely enjoy some time on the water and uh, put my barefoot clothing through its uh, through, mm-hmm. through the through the ringer. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I had a package waiting for me when I got home from my trip. All barefoot breeze stuff. I'm in a barefoot breeze shirt and hat right now. Not wearing the sunglasses because they're not prescription. Um, but Jeff, is that um, we're glad that you get some R and R right because it's the last thing we want is for you to ever get burned out. So you take as much time off as you need. And
1: appreciate it. appreciate it.
0: We well, and we're pumped because we want to hear you talk about HTH. So. That's what we're here to talk about tonight. We're talking about the marketplace launch where you are gonna be able to do lots of things with your home team heroes. But let's start in the beginning. I'm somebody who, who loves sports or I love fantasy or I love both or I like collecting. What, what are home team heroes, HTH?
1: Yeah, so uh, home team heroes are superheroes that are inspired by professional athletes. And just like regular trading cards, you can collect trading cards of these superheroes uh, in what we call our base set. They come in different rarities, uh, all from one of ones all the way down to commons. You can build sets in those. You can build rainbows, which is where you get one variation of a hero in, in all of his, his different colors. And that and that gives you a rainbow. And then one out of every 100 packs, you have uh, what's called a color pop insert. It's not guaranteed every 100 packs. It's just those are the randomization odds. So one out of 100 pack odds, you will pull what's called a color pop insert. There's 99 color pop inserts for every hero in the collection. And these are special because when you hold them, they actually then score you points based on the real life performance of the athlete that inspired that hero. And also backing up for just a second, when you collect the base set, make those rainbows, the sets, or even just hold singles, you score points there as well. So you're scoring points by collecting the base set and then on the color pops based on the on-field performance of the real life players that inspired the hero. And then where those points really begin to matter is you actually then climb the leaderboards and ultimately you'll get your share of our BPX reward miles, which is our reward token in our ecosystem that allows you to then buy real-life physical cards. And we have other things coming that you can buy with it as well from a reward standpoint. But imagine if you're in, if you've ever been to a Dave & Buster's, one of these places where you play the games up front, you win the tickets, you or your kid want the big purple bear. You go in the back and you use those tickets, those points to get the bear. And that's essentially what happens here. You have a couple of different ways you can earn the points. And then those points allow you to get real physical cards. And as those of you that have been in our ecosystem for a while know, a lot of those are uh, quite valuable assets that you can score with those reward marks
0: and, and so Jeff, you bring up a good point is that, um, for folks who are fantasy players, like I've been playing fantasy baseball for decades and, you know, first Yahoo kind of was the main game in town, then ESPN and it's all kind of the same. And so what's really interesting is like, if if you've been playing fantasy sports for decades, like this is something new. It's something interesting. It's, it's a twist on kind of traditional fantasy.
1: It is. And it's really, it's really simple and casual. Um, One of the things that, yeah, I come from the world of collecting and I love collecting and part of it is because I can do it when I'm able to do it. Uh, there are periods when I have more times than others and I'm able to really focus on and build some sets and do things that I want to do. There are other times where I'm super busy and I can't. So we're trying to build products that allow collectors to have that same approach. You can go as deep as you want to go with something. you can I mean you can you can spend a lot of time and have a lot of enjoyment building sets. You can have – there's a lot of stuff, a lot of fun you can have within the Color Pops, putting together different players, inspired heroes that you think could score you a lot more points. There's also – we didn't really cover this, but every one of those Color Pops, the art is unique on them, and they absolutely are collectibles. So you can begin to collect ones that have certain attributes that you like. There's a lot of different depth that you can have to it, but the fantasy aspect is super simple. You don't have to worry about setting a lineup every week Um, for those that are super – into fantasy. We're not trying to replace your ESPN fantasy league. We're not trying to replace your DraftKings leagues. It is a different product, but it's got a much, because it's casual, it has a much larger and a much larger footprint that I think we're going to be able to grow to. I think our addressable market is a lot bigger than the market for other fantasy products.
0: And so speaking of these people who've done fantasy and you, you brought up fantasy, you brought up collection, you brought up sports. So, Who if we're gonna have some new folks listening to this spaces tonight because everybody here is gonna share it. And who is who is right for H T H? Who is who are you trying to get to to get into H T A? Is it I've heard collectors, I've heard fantasy players, and I've heard sports. Is that who you're looking at or is there even more?
1: Yeah, so the tri- I think the trifecta of all of those things coming together kind of began to form who the ideal uh, person is that's going to enjoy this the most. But the, the, and the more of those boxes you check, the more I think you're going to enjoy it. You definitely have to set your expectations. If you're a hardcore fantasy player, you have to understand what this is. And I talked to some hardcore fantasy players at National and explained it to them. They actually were – I was a little bit surprised because they were like, well, that's really awesome because I always want to do more – But it's hard to do a lot more when I'm already doing my lineups for my keeper leagues or I talk to some daily fantasy type players and they really seem to vibe with it well. But to answer your question, I think it's people who enjoy sports, who enjoy the idea of collecting or those who are curious about collecting, because I think we've actually seen a lot of people that have come into our collection here that necessarily weren't already collectors and they became collectors once they got into our ecosystem and found it to be really a welcoming opportunity for them to begin to explore it. But for HTH, you definitely will want to have an interest in sports. I think that's probably the one box you, you need to check. If you're totally checked out on sports, you probably won't vibe with the community as much. You won't vibe with uh, the underlying mechanics. But once you get past that, I think from a collective collecting standpoint you don't have to be a hardcore collector already and you definitely don't have to be a hardcore fantasy player already but the more of those boxes you check i think the more you'll just dive right in and things will kind of feel immediately comfortable to now, you. you
0: bring up a good point which is i play so rare which is a uh, a blockchain-based fantasy baseball uh, competition and you know what is today I, I looked i while i was talking to somebody who knows a lot about it i did a quick mlb schedule and i saw okay six forty tonight or whatever it was a night game i was like okay there's no afternoon games i've got hours to set my lineup for the they do it twice a week weekend and weekdays and you know what next thing i looked at my watch and it was seven thirty, and i missed it so to your to your point yeah. is right it's like if i'm owning hth is I can then this week, I could look at how my players are doing and I didn't have to do anything, but I actually am getting benefit from them.
1: That's absolutely right. And I think that's the thing is that you you could literally be walking through the airport and you can look up and see Aaron Judge hit a home run or see Patrick Mahomes throw a touchdown pass. And you immediately know you have that connection if you own that inspired hero in a color pop and you know immediately that that scored you points and i think that's fun and i think it's it's something that i think is again i think when you look at what that does to the addressable market it's very intentional the the depth that we're trying to the complexity that we're trying to keep the game at so that it it has a much larger addressable market because we definitely want collectability to be a big piece of the of the puzzle here and with collectibles the larger you can make the the base of folks that are interested in it obviously the better those collectibles are going to do. The market's going to be more liquid. Um, values are going to accrue over, over different years. You're, it's, just, it's, just, it's just going to be a much healthier ecosystem. And I think that, again, I think our addressable market is, is one of the largest in the collectible space, if not the largest, because of, how, of the simplicity that we're designing for. Um, I enjoy some more complicated products myself. I don't have the time to play them that often, though. And the, um, I mean, I used to really enjoy fantasy, and I'm just at a phase in my life now where baseball fantasy. I just I can't do it. I just can't. I'm a disservice to be in a yeah. in a really competitive baseball roto league right now because I just I can't keep up, and I, so I don't I don't do it, and I, I miss it. But I just don't have the time for it. Um,
0: one thing I just want to address, Jeff, is I was at National and I, and I saw the people coming up to the booth. Now I would have loved to have been there last year when it, you didn't have the hth product and it was a different booth at the national card show but what, what's interesting yep. is we talk in the community a lot about you know digital versus real card collectors and what's interesting is i think the gent the, the the main group in hth is the real card collectors who've grown into digital card collectors and what i found when people walked up to the booth is how many people you know and actually it wasn't just random people it was the people buying the boxes i would ask them i'm like have you ever done digital cards before nope and it, it i think we make a big deal about the difference between digital and real and this hurdle that the folks who've never done a g- digital card have to get over But I don't know if we're just seeing a tipping point in our society where we've become so into technology, but I feel like it was so easy for the people at National to say, yeah, I'll buy a box of digital. I've never done it before, but I'm into this.
1: Yeah. So those that have been around our ecosystem as we have worked to build and figure out what our lanes are and what are the right products and things that can scale, I I hope that most folks would, would, would say that I've, I haven't been one to really overhype things, I don't think. I try to always take a measured approach. But I will just tell you that I was absolutely blown away by – I thought the market fit was good. I felt like it was good. I was blown away by the reception at National. I was blown away at the diversity of people that came in that took an interest in the product. I was blown away at the number of people – we had all of the the cases on one side for those that didn't see the booth. It was a, it was a huge booth. If, if you haven't seen it, we'll, we've got some videos. Maybe someone can share one of those videos from, from the show. It was a 50 by 50 booth and it was segmented off to where the front side had glass cases with a lot of the cards in it. We actually took the entire vault so people could outtake cards while they were there. And also just as a proof point, wanted everybody to know that their cards were in our possession and they could walk up and see them and, and touch them if they wanted to. And, That attracted a lot of attention on the front end. And, of course, those people were stopping to look at the cards. So when they would stop on that side, the conversation would immediately kind of go to what those cards were and how people ultimately got those real physical cards. But what I was really surprised about was the backside of the booth where we were doing the breaking and that sort of thing. There were no physical cards back there. The only thing that was back there was the art of the collection and what you saw on the screen with the breaks happening and the energy of those people that were coming in before they even understood the reward mechanism. That's what really blew me away the most. Yep. I think that was the single biggest surprise I had. And that's where I was like, wow, the product market fit here really, really is even at a deeper level than I thought it was. I knew that the mechanics were a good market fit, but I I think I even underestimated how much the, the product itself, how how that that fifteen foot tall Mahomes and and Merlones and double double check and the guys that were on the backside. So I think we had LeBos back there. How much they were attracting attention and bringing people in, and they were just saying, "Oh wow, that is really cool." And then from there, the interest that they took in the product was uh, it was it was just awesome.
0: Well, one, one other thing I want to touch on. HTH, Home Team Heroes, is are the sports. I know that there are a lot of people in the community who actually aren't even that big of baseball fans, but they love the art. They love the concept. They love collecting. They love fantasy. They love sports. So they bought. And everybody's looking ahead. And so, Jeff, what other sports are you going to be launching for HTH?
1: Yeah, so obviously football is the, is the big one. And football is... Certainly, if we if we would have been breaking football at national instead of baseball, um, we would have had it would have it would have we we wouldn't have been able to have we would have had no time to even breathe. It would have just been it would have been crazy. Um, So certainly there's a lot of interest around the football product and football. I think everyone probably knows this, but from a fantasy perspective, it has it has such a larger fantasy footprint. I mean, it's 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 an order of magnitude bigger than really any other sport. I mean, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I would, I would, I would venture to say that you you probably have more fantasy minutes put into football. Even when you look at the length of the baseball season and then the basketball season, you probably have more fantasy minutes put into football than you do all those other sports combined. So it's a, it's a super big deal from the people that have the fantasy interest. Um, and so that that one's clearly a very big one. And then, of course, the uh, from from a collectability standpoint, I mean, basketball is still huge from a collectability standpoint. And basketball also gives us um, a better opportunity at international folks to bring them in because um, right now we we don't have we don't have football uh, proper football you know, soccer we don't have that <laughs> slated right now. And the main reason is because I we don't have a, we don't have that core competency in our in our company starting with me, um, and so we don't have that one slated yet. I mean, hopefully, for in the future, that will be something we we will do. So our best crack at international is going to be basketball, and uh, so right now it's we're really looking at those big three sports, and then we're um and, we, and then we've got some other fun things uh, that may pick up some of the lesser sports with a, a smaller release. Um, we, we've got some other ideas there, but the, the ones you can count on are the big yep. three, basketball, football. And, and basketball.
0: Uh, if Jen Con's listening, which she should be is that she probably could farm her daughter out to intern with you next summer and she can be your soccer expert. There you all right. Go. Well, so Jeff is before we go on to the marketplace, which everybody is like, all right, I want to hear about the marketplace, the marketplace.
1: Yeah. Everybody, every, a lot of people here, they already know what the product is. They've heard a lot about home team heroes, but I think, I think it's definitely cause if, for those that weren't able to attend, um, and really the first time I've had to kind of speak, I've, I've, I have posted some things about it, but just to be able to speak to it and, and just to, to hear me say it, like the, the product market fit is, it really is just amazing. and um, And we've got a lot of things that we can talk about, like growth opportunities around the product. I think one of the things that I've posted and I know has been discussed some within our community is the interest that we had from hobby shops. To actually help us distribute the product to put it in their stores um, use a code system um, you go into your local hobby shop they you, you can buy using their code they will be able to, to have some of the uh, some of that money will go to them but then that'll give you a base camp where you where they can host they can host uh, HTH break nights they can have trade night parties where, where HTH is going on put it on the screen recreate what we did at national part of what we wanted to do at national was show them how that product kind of what it does and how how it energizes people and they and they were they were frankly taken aback by that I think and so the response of hobby shops that want to put this in their shop has been tremendous I've been talking to uh, a large distribution distributor partner that has, A lot of interest. I have follow-up calls with them this week, and I'm going to be going out to see them. That'll take a little bit of time, just because that's a big, big deal. Um, But you know, it's 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 that is a really interesting opportunity for us. That I don't think a lot of digital products are one position to take advantage of, and two, um, really have a product that's conducive for for that type of situation. But if we can do that. I believe what that will allow us to do is you've seen how passionate and how strong a a smaller group of collectors are, which is what we have today. We have a small but passionate and strong group of collectors. When you scale things, you lose some of that hometown feeling. Yes, we can keep it in maybe certain channels in the Discord or something, but with our card geeks. But, but overall, it's hard to maintain that as you really and truly scale a business. And we saw that with Topshop. Very early Topshop felt a lot like very early block packs. But late Topshop very much did not. And these hobby shops can form localized communities for our product around those shops where people feel like they have someone they can talk to, they can go to, they can an expert that can know more about the collection than they do. And then you start scaling that across the entire country and across a lot of different hobby shops and um and that that can become super powerful for driving the collection forward
0: that's a good segue into the marketplace so a year ago would this have been possible this expansion into hobby shops if you did not have the marketplace do you feel that it would have you would have been able to have the continuation because right now we're talking about it's not just digital, right? It's real now. You're going to a hobby shop, new customers, people who've never heard of HTH, they're going to be able to find it in a physical store. Existing people, like most of the people in this space they're going to be able to walk into their local hobby shop. They're going to be able to buy HTH there. So with the marketplace launch, I mean, could you have done this a year ago, what you're doing with the hobby shops, knowing that you didn't have a marketplace for another year?
1: No, absolutely not. I mean, so... As we segue into the marketplace, I mean, the thing that we're doing here, and I, I don't know if it's fully registered yet for everyone exactly what this is, um, because I, I want to make sure that I manage expectations on this call. I had a talk with Jim today at length. And so much of what makes this magical are things that you that aren't that are going to necessarily jump out at you. So I want to make sure that I, I help you understand this. What What we are doing, is we're abstracting away all of the technology hurdles of Web3. So this is when you hear people in Web3 talk about how the next wave of innovation, the next bull run, bull market can come from, you know, what gets built in the bear and all those things you hear. And people talk about how the tech has to get friendlier, right? So you hear those things over and over again. But then you look around and everybody's just doing the same old things. They're just – there's – I'm not saying there aren't other people building, but for the most part, we really haven't started to see a whole lot of it surface yet. Not as it relates to the digital collectible space. We've seen some interesting things in DeFi and that sort of thing, but not on the the NFT digital collectible space. We're just seeing iterations around the edges. You can go on OpenSea and you can buy with a credit card. Yes, you still have to have a MetaMask or, or a custodial wallet they really haven't abstracted a lot of that tech away. MetaMask is getting better, yes. The technology is improving, but a lot of it is still kind of just really so focused on that core of of, of really just kind of iterating around the edges. We've dove in and we've actually fully abstracted away the technology that is the impediment to an ecosystem like ours. What does that mean? That means that a person that buys this product, they can buy it, they can rip it, they can have it go into their... Items, their their collection, they can then list it for sale. They can buy from someone else. They can use a credit card. They can use our token BPX if they so choose. They can do those things and they can do it seamlessly across multiple chains. You will not see anything different within the marketplace when you buy a ColourPop versus when you buy a base set card. There's no switching chains. There's no worrying about a gas fee. None of that. You don't, you have none of those things that are just these pain points. You don't have to have a MetaMask wallet if you don't want one. So you could do everything from a, from a buy sell standpoint in the marketplace without having to touch anything crypto related. And that is a huge, huge deal uh, for us in, hang on. Did I, I'm still, am I still here?
0: Yeah, you're still here, Jeff. Okay.
1: Yeah, my phone scared me. It kind of blacked out there for a second. Um, But abstracting away all that tech is a a huge, huge deal. And that's where so much of the effort has been put. And that's where the complexity of this is done. Because what we have is we have a centralized banking system that will hold your assets. And then we're able to record everything that's happening on our side with all the transactions. And then you will seamlessly be able to then move your assets in and out. And it, it really, I think a lot of this is probably... When we when we heard for those of us that have been around for a while, we heard that Coinbase was going to launch an NFT platform. I think a lot of us thought they were going to launch a custodial platform where it was going to do some of these things that I'm talking about—that you were going to be able to just go into your Coinbase app and own a bored ape—and that didn't come to come to be. Of course, they they really launched an OpenSea clone, and and it totally flopped. It was nothing like what we thought it was going to be. They didn't they didn't abstract away any of the tech, um, and so. That's really a lot of what of what we've been building here. So the canvas that's releasing tomorrow is your basic buy-sell functionality. And once that is live, the team will then be able to have an iterative development process to build on top of this, to start adding more and more functionality as we go. Um, I'm gonna be working very hard. With the rest of the, the, the comms team, the community management team to keep everybody abreast of how all those developments move forward. Um, but this is it's, it's it's a really big deal. And again, when you go back to addressable market, this increases the size of our addressable market significantly. Because everyone who is not willing to swim through that glass of crypto, they don't have to in order to, to, to engage with our product, to engage with HTH first. And eventually. And when I say eventually, we're not talking a year for here. We're talking about months, not years. Eventually, all of the collections within the, the, the Block Packs ecosystem. I mean, we'll start onboarding new collections, exposing people to other things that we've built, other fun products that we have. And I think it's going to create something really magical. And, and, and when I see the product market fit that HTH gives us as that tip of the spear, um, I, I could not be more excited but very long winded answer to say, no, we absolutely could not have done the, the onboarding through hobby shops and that sort of thing. They would have looked at me like I had three heads if I would have tried to onboard through hobby shops, the old product. We, we actually did, right? We tried to onboard the original V1 of the, the old Raz. We, we tried that with breakers and, 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 and people that I know personally, and they, they took a, they made a good effort at it, but they're, the the complexity and and the glass that people had to swim through from the tech side was too much for their for their customers and the customers rebuked it and then those people didn't they didn't want to stay a part of it because their customers were just generally, you know, for every one person that got in and stuck you, you had eight or nine that didn't didn't want to mess with the tech and just wasn't a good fit
0: no, I, it reminds me of a story just came out the other day I shared in Radish about Visa has been experimenting with paying your gas fees with your Visa card. And it it's funny because it, I think it's going to be easier for people who are Web3 nativists, but it's just not going far enough. As I was you know, when I would talk to the new people who would come up to your booth at National is that when I explained how, you know, some of the people who are more curious and want want to know more of the backstory of HTH, I talked about what self-custody means. And I talked about what, you know, BPX custody means and how it's just credit card website, credit card website. And, you know, I I remember, you know, you and Jeff, you and I are about the same age. We're old enough to remember where people thought it was unsafe to use your credit card online, right? They'd rather trust the. Yeah, trust the seventeen year old waiter with their credit card, but not online. Yeah. And and you know, now it's like I I mean, I have Google save all my credit card numbers. So when I'm on a website, bang, it just autofills it so I don't have to pull it out, find it, fill it out. And so The point I'm trying to hit is that to to change this marketplace so that it's just credit card website credit card website, that is, it's like breathing. You know, it's you don't think about that. You have to think about how things used to be done. This time last year, you had to think every step through on what you were doing to make sure you didn't get in trouble. Now, everybody grows up using a credit card and a website. It literally is limitless. You talked about some of the people who would be most interested in HTH. But you have almost everybody in America is a target audience for this product.
1: Yep. No, I, I agree. And I think, too, one thing I want to make sure that it's also not lost here before the audience starts to wane because you just start getting longer into these things, you start losing folks. But another important point that I want to make is that I absolutely want to remain true to a Web3 ethos that I want people to have that optionality and not have it just as window dressing. What I mean by that is there have been some other digital collectibles that have come along that will allow you to export them to a wallet. Generally, you can take it out and that's it. It's it's now out, it's in your self custody and because there really is no market there, nobody ends up moving them out. And um and, and you can you can find some of those. Some of those are backed by big big VCs, like th- those are there, but it's really just window dressing. What I want to do with the portability of your assets is not window dressing. If you want to hold your assets, I want you to be able to hold them, and I want you to be able to move them back and forth freely. And I want you to have – as we grow, I do believe that there will continue to be transactions taking place on our collections on OpenSeat and other marketplaces that will come along. The space – the, the true self-custody space is going to continue to improve. I mentioned that earlier, that it's improving every day. And so I do think that will be something that will be part of it. And I also don't believe that you, you can't have that true digital you, – you, digital ownership is not necessarily real unless you can put it in your own keys. doesn't mean you have to, but that true option goes a long way. And – when I look at digital products that are completely handcuffed and you can't put them under your own keys um, or putting them under your own keys is basically like cutting off your legs from a, from a marketability standpoint, like you lose the liquidity within that platform. When I look at those things, to me, I, I don't participate in those ecosystems. And it's because it's it's not true ownership the way that a physical card is. And so we want to make sure that we stay true to that. And, th- and doing that is hard. It's super hard. It's why this has been such a painful build for our, for our dev team. But I'm super proud of where they have it. I'm super proud of the canvas that we have as we work to kind of get that um, feature parity with with OpenSea. Like we're not going to have all that on day one. We're, again, what you're getting tomorrow is buy-sell functionality. That's what you're getting on day one. Um, Other features will begin to come a lot quicker now that the canvas is launched. The centralized banking system, moving those assets around and allowing the portability, that's the single biggest uh, hurdle that the guys had to dev through. Um, And. Go
0: ahead. Just one question for you, Jeff. You you brought up OpenSea. So let me ask you one question. We all know <laughs> OpenSea isn't always the nicest to play with. They become a headache. Uh, they're not necessarily responsive. So let me ask you one question. If OpenSea does one of their things again where they just all of a sudden you know stop listing one of your collections, is – is there just as much priority on your part, on HCH's part, to say, like, hey, what's going on there to, to get that marketplace open? Or once you have this marketplace open and you also have Rarible and other places like that, is there less urgency? And and will there ever come a time where you'll just say, no, we're not going to bother with OpenSea?
1: Well, I, I think I, I will say that um, we have the problem with OpenSea, and I explained in Discord what that was. Their legal team, we're, we're pushing the boundaries on you know we pushed the boundaries on sweepstakes with the raz. we We did things that weren't possible without uh, digital ownership. We're pushing the boundaries with the with the way the mechanics work of the color pops and tying that back into fantasy and the fact that we've continued to use sweepstakes to our advantage for that. Um, we're I'm very confident in all of our standing on those sort of things. Their legal team looked at something and said, "Wait a minute, what is this? You're going to get fantasy points." They didn't understand it, and we had that issue. But once they finally started talking, and they're a big company, but once we finally started getting a dialogue with them, we were able to get the base set back on, and we have a pathway that we need to, that we're working through on the color pops, um, specifically as it relates to OpenSea. So, you know, I, I want the collections to be tradable everywhere. So, and OpenSea is certainly a part of everywhere. So, no, I, I don't think I would. Um, I don't think, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it any any less seriously than I do. But at the end of the day, you all are going to kind of speak with your your where you're going to put your time and energy. And there are some features, like I said, right now. We, I had this discussion earlier today with Jim that you know if you want to do a big bulk bundle listing or something like that tomorrow, you're still better off using OpenSea on the base set for that. Um, but we're gonna have that. It's just not going to be there tomorrow. But what we will have tomorrow is we will have the ability for you to list your asset and sell it to someone without gas across chains and do it to someone who wants to buy it with a credit card. You get paid in and are able to then – you're going to be able to pull out that uh, that BPX and then take it and do what you want to do with it. If you want to convert it or you want to keep it and buy other stuff with it, all, all it's – and, and that's a that's a huge, huge win and a huge, huge canvas for us to build on. So, I mean, I, I couldn't be more excited about it, but I just want to make sure that everyone understands so much of what's been built to this point was that banking system and the infrastructure, the infrastructure layer that now allows us to add the feature layers that you will see in touch. But without that infrastructure layer, none of this would be possible, and the account abstraction, the the wallet abstraction is it's it's really impressive. And uh, hat tip to Jim and Jimmy; they're the two that have done it. Uh, they did m- most all that lifting on our team, and and I think what they've done is pretty amazing. All
0: right. Well, let me ask you a couple of detailed questions. First off. What is the tech when we see that banner tomorrow? So, what's the technical name? Is it the HDA marketplace? Blockpacks
1: marketplace. Blockpack
0: marketplace.
1: Yep. So the Blockpacks marketplace will become home, and it's just it's just it's 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 really going to become block. Just when you go to Blockpacks, it's going to become the home for all of our collections. A lot of people that are in this space probably saw the video that I released a month two months ago or so, where I kind of walked through what that would become. If not, maybe we can link that. It'd be a great refresher because none of that has changed. Um, but it's where you'll go to to know everything, what's launching, what's trending, uh, access eventually all of the collections. If you want to go build some lot sets or whatever, you'll be able to do it all there. So everything would, would go through that Blockpacks marketplace. Um and and so that's that's going to kind of be if, – if you think back to when we started talking about too on like letting people – everybody understand our ecosystem, BlockPacks is our distribution uh, platform and, it's, and, and, and that's exactly what this is. So the, the distribution and marketplace kind of all work into one. And so when you buy – in the future, when you go to, like I said, if you want to get new drops, you'll you'll go to block packs and say, "Oh, here's the the football drops in pre sale." Click, you'll go over there and you'll buy it. Um, all of that will be kind of your your centralized hub for that. So, imagine OpenSea without the crypto tech, and where every collection that you see is a is a collection in our ecosystem. That's that's really what we're building. We're trying to get feature parity with that without the 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 glass that you have to swim through in, in crypto.
0: And I I do have a couple of questions from the geeks that are going to get more technical. (laughs) Right now we're moving even uh, we're going slightly technical and so I just want to warn all the folks who are who onboarded it at national all the new people who are listening about it. Um, I'm just going to let everything that we've covered before. It's like gives you a good understanding of what's happening and where it's going. I I just wanted this part just to let folks know it's going to get a little bit more into the details and because most of the folks who are listening they've been buying things and and that's important for folks who are who are buying HTH for the first time today is that you have. You're joining a community that's been buying things from you, Jeff, and the Blockpacks team for. Is it? It's. Let's see. Today's August 14th, so two years, right?
1: Two years, yeah.
0: Okay, so you have you have two years and the number of unique buyers that you've had
1: to Blockpacks
0: product is it?
1: It's over a thousand. It is because we've had we had a lot of people from the from that bought in just on Raz that um, that didn't really fully onboard. So um, once we got your second buy in the RAS, they were hooked, right? So it was like, it, it was just, but you had to onboard them to that second one. The retention after they got their second one was astronomically high. The retention for people that only bought one, not so great.
0: Okay. But so for folks who are, the last thing I want to end the HTH new folks is that you're joining a community that's been building for two years. You're joining a community of over a thousand people who bought this product um, that's several years now going. So this is a very established, stable business. And so Jeff, looking at the details, so you you mentioned it's the Blockpacks marketplace. Is there going to be a unique um, URL for the, for the marketplace. Are we going to just type block, blockpacksmarketplace.com or is it going to be a feeder off of blockpacks? No, it'll,
1: it'll, it'll just be blockpacks.com and right now, for some of our more power users, you may notice that when you click to log in, you still move into the subdomain, which is app.blockpacks, which is our legacy login system. Um, and, and, the, and your your legacy system where you would do your breaks and all that sort of stuff. But all of that will be, will be moved up. We have a, a Basically, we have a we have a new system now that's actually it's been implemented. It's called Blockpacks ID. So your Blockpacks ID will allow you to then work with any of our products. What does that matter? That'll matter with something like the Bantam game that Ty is working on. When he when he releases V one of that, you'll be able to go there and log in with your Blockpacks ID. That's already been that's already built. You're already using that. You just don't know you're using it. But we need to bring the functionality out of the old. What is still app block packs? You may see when you navigate around, you may still move into that environment for a lot of things. In fact, that's where you rip. That's where you reveal color pops. All that is still within that, but that will be moving for moving up into kind of just that main block packs, and it'll be more seamless than it is. We've tried to use some simple navigation that sort of thing to make it feel seamless, but it'll it'll get more seamless when when app block packs is fully deprecated, which shouldn't be it. All that far down the road, and then it'll just be everything through Blockpacks.com.
0: Okay, and so you you brought up the collections. You you talked about the vision for what the marketplace is going to be. Yep. When is the and I, I'm not going to hold you. It's like I know Caroline and the rest of the team is going to hate me for asking, and Jim especially, for just general idea. I'm going to say yeah. this this year or next this year or beyond. We won't even say next year, but the next collection. To hit the the block packs marketplace uh, outside of HTH, will that happen this year or beyond this year?
1: Uh, I, I would, I mean, barring anything just absolutely catastrophic, it would be this year.
0: Okay. And do you have you made public which collection is the ne- the first one to go on after HTH? Uh,
1: I haven't. I, I, I don't know 100 percent for sure. I was, I mean, I don't I don't want to try. We don't tend to have a bunch of stuff where people just go out and go super crazy when I say things like this. I, if you put a gun in my head right now, I think it would probably be lots because I've got some specific ideas around that that I want to maybe do. But um, but I think once the, here's the thing: once we start moving the other collections in, I think you'll see that move relatively quickly. Meaning, like it's we're gonna we're gonna kind of get the kinks worked out of everything with HTH, that tip of the spear, make it function, make, do everything we want it to do, and kind of once we have that really good we can kind of take a good breath and say, okay, this is V1. V1 is now the the, the, the features we need. Offer features are there, trait offers, um, analytics of all the sales, comp data that you want to see, integration of the leaderboards, kind of that stuff that I talked about in that video that I referenced earlier. Once all of that's there, that will kind of be when we can say, okay, V1 is now here. Once we get to that point, then we can add all those other, those other collections. And if you recall back, um, I, I think I had set, I, I want to say in that original video, I was targeting like around October, early, early October, I think for all that, we're a little bit delayed. So maybe it's closer to the end of October um, if we don't run into other delays, which we, we very well might. But, but I would fully expect that we'll have some collections, if not all of them in uh, this calendar year.
0: So not to um, push you, so by the end of, and I would, I look at HTH and all the products long-term, so by the end of calendar year 2024, you would expect every collection to be in the marketplace?
1: Every collection that we're going to put in, yes, and and when I say that, there's just some that I don't know if we'll want to put them in, um, just like, we'll, we'll, Yes, I. I, I again. I, I think. I think we'll have. I think we'll have. I, I think there's a really good shot that everything we want to put in the marketplace that's existing today will will be in there by the end of the year.
0: And, and by the way, I was saying the end of 2024, not 2023, Jeff. I'm talking
1: about the end of 2023.
0: I. I'm just. I. I'm trying not to uh, pin you down. And yeah. yeah I, no. I, I in, get it. Yeah, I, I get 20, it. And look, things can if change. You once, say once 2024. We
1: get, I'm once good. we get. Once we get in and everything's is real and you know, everybody as Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan until you get punched, until you get punched in the face. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, once we get everything going, maybe there's, maybe, maybe a priority has to, maybe priorities change there. And maybe we say, Hey, the, um, we need to have more attention put on, uh, onboarding through the hobby shops. Maybe there's features in the marketplace that they need specifically. And we have to shift attention there. Like those things happen. Um, so, we, we, want, we have a, a plan we, and we want to we want to execute the plan. But at the same time, we want to be flexible in the plan as well. So, um, I mean, it, what I want is I, I, I think we have a really good suite of fun collectibles. Like I, I really – I know that they've been just dead quiet. I get it. But I, I don't love lots any less than I did the day that I, we released it. Lots is a great product. Collision is a great product. People enjoy those, and I, they have good concepts. And I want to continue to see those thrive. Um, the Schrodinger circuits have been a lot of fun, and I, I definitely could see us doing more things like that. So we've Jeff, done a Jeff, lot of.
0: If, if you talk about sharks, Caroline's going to kill me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we've it, we've got a lot of different um, a lot of different things that we've built, and and I think that they all still have good market fits like there's nothing like just so everybody knows i know the attention is so heavily on hth and i very clearly said we have to lean into this market fit we have to but the key to making those other assets valuable is to really have a tip of the spear that can help us grow that's what hth can do that's what the new marketplace can do and that's how we can make when we do things like lots and collision We can get more eyeballs on them and more collectors that want them. And that's how we can make those earliest assets have the best value accretion because now you have a larger base that wants to get them and has a reason to go get them. Um, And so it's just – it's kind of a chicken and the egg thing. Now that we've found this amazing market fit and this addressable market, we need to lean into it, and then we want to show them the other things. But hear me clearly. There is no product that we've released that I look at and think that it doesn't have a place in the, in our in the in our future. So, like, if you own those old assets, just be patient. And we're going to shine a light on them. It's not a matter of if we're going to shine a light on them; it's when we shine a light on them. And it's just we just got to get these things built, and we have to prioritize and lean into this market fit. and And I know if you're sitting on a huge collection of collision or lots, you, you wish there was a bigger market for those tomorrow. I get it give us time, and I think there will be. I think people will discover and enjoy those a lot.
0: Well, as as, as somebody holds a first-in-flight, I love hearing that. So, Jeff, a couple of the more detailed um, questions. You mentioned that tomorrow – and, again, folks' expectation. This isn't going to be a marketplace where, like, oh, my gosh, there's 26 bells and whistles, things we never dreamed of. That makes your coffee in the morning when you wake up. So the, the, the main thing and the reason why I was excited about this is just what it means to our ecosystem, what it means for those people at National and all the other new people, the hobby shop people. So the the marketplace that they're going to encounter tomorrow, you mentioned it's going to have buy and sell. So, of course, the other the other um, feature that folks are going to be looking for is transferring, right? Because that's what most people do on OpenSea. So starting tomorrow, day one, will there be a transfer feature where you'll be able to transfer to another individual?
1: There is, there is not a transfer button on day one, but that is a relatively, that's a relatively easy feature from a standpoint of all the things we have to develop. And so what we're, what I'm going to do is I'm going to publish a list of features that we that will be coming and what we're going to do is I'm going to I'm going to rank order them based on when we think they're going to be de- delivered. And the way it'll work is obviously we're going to try to we will try to optimize that towards how heavily the feature will be used and how complicated the feature is to create and build. So like because of what we're doing with the ability for people to make offers with a credit card and to, to handle the someone buying with a credit card. They buy, they pay, it's done. That is is built and ready to go. Offers are a different beast for this. It's not like OpenSea. We have very unique challenges that we have to figure, figure out that aren't on OpenSea. And so that feature, although I know it's one that people will want, it's not one we're going to have on day one. It's very, so it, it has high importance, high use, but it's also complex. Um, something and, and like,
0: just, just to be clear, you're talking about a single piece offer or a collection offer or both?
1: Well, both, because they both, <laughs> they both, offers. So, where one of the things that's, we, when people already have a BPX balance, offers are easy quote air quotes they're easy they're fairly easy (laughs) the the hard part is the people that don't have an existing bpx balance which are very critical that's the whole reason we're building this right if you want to sell to people via an offer that have crypto that you could do that on OpenSea today that so so we're looking at how do we get that liquidity injected in from people that want to make an offer but ultimately they have to consummate that sale with a credit card and that's that's what what we have to build, right? And OpenC doesn't necessarily have to build that type of that type of system. And so, or don't necessarily, that's not what they are. It's not how it works. And so that one is is gonna be one that's gonna it's it's super high priority, and I'll work with the team, give you updates. I mean, I don't think we're talking, we're not talking months here, but I can't tell you that it's gonna be next week. Like I don't know exactly when that'll be. Something like transfers. Um, we can move that one up and, and give that a higher priority especially with the amount of OTC that gets done um, that's one that i'll I'll talk to the guys and the fact that you brought that up and it makes sense that that people would ask about that um, so I'll, I'll make sure that that one gets pushed it, up, it, up the list of priority
0: and talking about the technical nature which I can only really imagine how difficult it is I mean one is if you're able to do an offer for a single digital, uh, HTH, but then if you want to do a collection offer, and then in addition to that, right, there's trait collection collection offering. So long-term, are you planning to take the collection offering to the trait level?
1: Yeah, all of that, for sure, 100%. Okay. Like, and, and so the hard part of that, I, I actually had a discussion with Jim um, since, since I got back. We, we talked about this for about an hour because I needed him to educate me more on the challenges in this. The, the, the biggest challenge is really not in whether it's a collection offer or it's a trade offer, um, that is not where the the main um, the main complexity lies. The main complexity lies in how do you handle it from a banking standpoint when an, an, a, a seller accepts an offer. The seller we we can't I don't we we don't want to be in a situation like it is on eBay where you accept an offer and the person may or may not pay it. Right, that that would suck, and that and that mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things that crypto prevents. Like, as long as they have the ETH in their in their wallet, or they have the the ETH in their bidding pool on Blur, someone accepts an offer, and that's it. It's it's done. And so we want to keep that same functionality, and we want to make it to where when you accept an offer in our in our marketplace, you as a seller have that same assurance, you have your BPX immediately, you can immediately pull it and take it to Uniswap or do whatever you want to do with it or hold it, you know, again, fully, whatever you want to do with it. So we have to solve for that. And so there's a couple different ways you can go. You can prepay, the make the the, the credit card user prepay on their offer. That's a huge friction point. And a lot of people will feel they won't like that. Um, so the way that the users will like better is that you extend them credit and you say okay you're a new account you can offer up to $1000 well if they make an offer for something and it's and it gets accepted we the company are we 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 basically buy that asset from the seller we've now taken on that credit risk so we have to manage for that and we have to make sure that we can establish those type of things in a way that makes sense for us and another way is you could preload some um, some some credits and then maybe you could pull them back out there's a couple of different ways that it could be skinned but it's complex is my point it's not a it's it's not it's not easy and we haven't built that yet and that's but it's an important feature and offers are one that we will be will they'll have a lot of our attention once the like i said once that blank canvas is up and we can start iterating we know that's super important to the liquidity and it's one that we will be will be hyper focused on
0: well, and one other complex issue, which I'm not sure if it's on your radar, if it's something that's going to be this year, next year, or just not even on the roadmap, auctions. Is that a functionality that you're planning to introduce to your marketplace? So that Absol- folks
1: can- Yeah, absolutely. I tweeted about this the other day. Um, I, I believe that one of the things that digital collectibles need is I believe that auctions of digital collectibles need to be normalized to the same way that physical collectibles are normalized. If you go out and you pull a big card, you pull a one-on-one out-of-tops Chrome. You may not know what it's worth. Um, I saw today that they're going to be putting in, in Bowman Chrome, it's coming out in a couple of weeks, they're putting in legendary players that never had first Bowman Chromes. So somebody is going to pull a one of one Babe Ruth Bowman Chrome Super Fractor. What is that thing worth? I have no, <laughs> I have no idea what it's worth. I don't know if it's worth $10,000 or $100,000. I don't think it's worth... $5,000 just because it's 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 a it's a it's a cool some might call it gimmicky but it's a fun gimmick. <laughs> so so I think there'll be a market for that. But in the world of collect in the world of physical you either somebody'll either make you an offer or you can put it up for auction. And we see that, right? We see golds come out of Bowman Chrome or out of Panini and we see you know, 99 RPAs and they go up for auction. And that really begins to give the market a lot of confidence in price discovery. And you, as the person that ripped it out of the pack, you know, you're getting the market price. You're not leaving anything on the table. You can try to negotiate and maybe you can like get someone to pay you more. And most people start there, but ultimately those auctions are key. And what they do is they give confidence to the next buyers. Like we, we, in the world of physical collectibles we weight trusted auctions so much higher than we weight any kind of private deal that we hear about on Instagram or a buy it now on eBay it's like show me what a card has gone for on golden or heritage on bids and we got a comp man and i'll i'll pay you that that's the number we'll start working off of whether i'm the buyer or the seller like that and we just don't have that in digital, right? So the, the, because the markets are – they're just these kind of floor-driven, hybrid, speculative instruments that that, that that we see on OpenSea. And it's not necessarily indicative of of what these things would be worth if we had that auction price discovery. So I think that's critical. And I want to normalize. And I think no no ecosystem is better positioned to normalize that than we are, because so many of our people are already accustomed to that, um, accustomed it, to ripping a big card out of a pack and being and, and being willing to put it up for auction. And 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 I think, and and I think what that'll do for market confidence overall, if and if we can if we could start getting twenty percent of the sales done by auction imagine what that'll do to the, the confidence that the market will have in comps around everything else. You know, it would be, it would be huge.
0: Yep. And and Jeff, is that something that you think is a 2023 or a 2024 addition to the marketplace?
1: 2023.
0: Okay. And let's see a couple other things. I, I know we're getting close to the end of the hour. And so I just want to hit a couple things. So walk us through a transaction. So tomorrow mm. when, um, when the marketplace opens, is that you have a red super baby for sale? And mm. so when you go to list it, are you going to choose which currency or which which payment method you list it in? Or is it just the system's gonna allow? And actually that's the bigger question. Will it allow if if I wanna list something, do I choose what I list it in? If I do, what are my options?
1: Okay, that that's so, an interesting question because I need I didn't let me just make sure that I make this super clear because I'm kind of a little bit surprised at that question. It, it, you'll list it in BPX. I mean, that's, that's BPX is the currency of the block pass marketplace. So that's, this is, this is the single biggest utility for our token is to continue to have it, not just in the reward auctions, but across everything that we're doing. And so when you list something for sale, you will list it for BPX within the BPX marketplace. And when that credit card buyer buys it, we will look to see what the the current swap price well, is.
0: And, and let's stop you there for one second. Yep. So when the person goes to buy it, so I list my Red Super Baby for, um, it's a Red Sox player, so one or two BPX probably. And <laughs> when, when you go to buy it, you will have the option to buy it in BPX or credit card. And are those the only two options you will have?
1: Yes. Yes, those okay. are the only two options.
0: And in the credit card will be Visa, Mastercard, and American Express. Any Discover or any of those other ones?
1: Uh, it's using the same system that we use for everything else. Okay. So if you've ever used Discover for like your any other purchases, it'll it'll. I'm, I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's Discover's in there. I think it's all major credit
0: cards. Okay. All right. So I go to buy and I have the option of choosing either one. So you were saying. So I'm going to go ahead and buy with a credit card.
1: Yep. And so at that, at that point, as soon as you can complete that sale, we will have a reserve of, of BPX that we will then use to pay that seller. And then as we need to replenish that pool, we will be able to tap into, uh, into Uniswap to, to kind of keep that pool uh, refreshed.
0: And so that was one question I know some of the geeks said. So initially, it will not do anything to the Uniswap marketplace, but eventually, it will.
1: Well, it won't be like an instant thing. We'll be—I mean, you don't—you don't have to be a a chain sleuth to see. Like you can look and see the the the, the wallet that we buy out of because we do the swaps through the swap wallet, and then we'll go over and buy out of that. It'll work similar to that. So we'll. We'll be able to, to kind of we, we will kind of be able to facilitate that on our side is, is kind of how that will work. But and
0: and, and there will be when we talked about the credit card, there'll be no gas. There's no gas fee, and and is there any royalty fee for the HTH on the HTH at the block packs market? No, plan?
1: there's there's no fees of any kind. So that's another thing is that this thing is uh you know it's super liquid from from that regard. Um and uh, and as we look to change up some of the stuff in the reward auctions specifically as it relates to consignments where we move to i know we don't want to get down to these but but we're gonna most people on there a lot of people in here probably know that we're changing up the way we're doing the consignments going forward where we're just going to pay you up front for your item um, and then you'll have a, a credit it'll go with it as well to kind of give you a little bit of a kicker so you're getting a really good price for your item But at that point, it's not on consignment anymore. Once it's not on consignment anymore and we're just selling assets that we own, we don't really need that buyer's premium anymore. So that's something that you can expect to see go away uh, at some point because we just don't need it. So once that's gone, there will be no fees anywhere in our ecosystem, anywhere in our marketplace. It'll all be zero gas, zero fees, maximum liquidity, Um, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna build our business and make our revenue on the core products. And we want the, the markets to be as, as efficient as any markets on the planet. And I, and I think that, that having that no fee structure is the way to do it. Then there's no, there's really no incentive for you to do anything OTC other than currency. Like I know that you'll see some people will still sell stuff for PayPal. I I know that, but, um, But other than that, there's really no other incentive to to drive you off of the marketplace.
0: Well, and and the incentive to stay is that one of the things that I love about the credit card is that, and that's one of the things that drew me to block packs, that I could use my credit card. It was easy. And what's better is the fraud protection, right? We've all grown accustomed that Visa, MasterCard, and American Express are going to look out for us. We can always pick up the phone and call them. We can dispute anything. So it gives a level of security for the new folks coming in that say, "I, I know when I use this credit card, I'm protected when I make this purchase. And I, I do. There are a couple other questions that came from the community. There were, let me get to one, which is Will Color Pops and standard um, Home Team Heroes all be in one seamless spot when I log into the Block Packs marketplace, or will they be broken out separately like they are on OpenSea?
1: They'll be shown as two collections. The view you're seeing now is the way that it will work. So it will look like, and I think that makes sense. Like there's no, we don't have to do it that way. We could show them all together, but. Um, I think it's I think it's I think that that's better the way we do have them is where they're still they're they're still standalone collections. I think you you kind of either want to go in and grab some color pops or sell some color pops or you want to go in and do a base set, but it's it's just one click off to the side to move between those two those two um, collections. so They will be separate, but it's not because they have to be per se, and it doesn't change. It's seamless as you move from one to the other. It's not like you have to switch networks or anything like that. One thing that is very important that I would like to say – I should have said this earlier. We haven't lost a lot of people. but um, So the interface for sending in assets to central banking and removing assets from central banking, it is built. It is fully built. It has not been fully audited yet. So we're not going to turn that interface on tomorrow. What you will be able to do, however, is there's nothing to audit when it comes to you sending, whether it be BPX that you want to send into the banking for your credit or if you want to send in assets that you want to list for sale. However, it is super important. Please hear me on this. If you don't hear anything else tonight, hear this there will be a separate address that you have to use to send in your base set assets versus your main chain assets. You have two main chain assets, your BPX, your color pops. You have one asset type that's on polygon, which is the base set for, for, for the purposes of, of what's coming right now with the marketplace. You have to send your base set cards to the polygon address only. If you don't, they will be lost, like lost like we can't recover them because we use for centralized banking, we use what's called a Gnosis Safe. It's technology that really fits the need here for the centralized custodian very well. However, it is a smart contract. It is not a wallet that you're sending those assets to. Once the interface is built, the interface will handle that, or not built. Once it's released, the interface will do it. It'll be point and click for you. You won't have to worry about it. But tomorrow, if you want to say, all right, I'm going to send in 10 base set cards because I want to list them and see how the marketplace works. Make sure you send the base set cards to the Polygon address and make sure you only send your Colour Pops and your BPX to the main chain address. We'll, we'll post that. We'll, we'll put flashing lights on that. But don't screw that one up. If you do get
0: anything else right,
1: get that right.
0: So, Jeff, if tomorrow – I'm going to go into my MetaMask account, and I'm going to take 10 of my home team heroes, and I'm going to send it to the marketplace... And I'm going to be transferring them to a wallet address that I'm going to learn about in the Blockpacks Discord, and that's how I'm going to have to do it tomorrow. And then eventually, I'm going to just log into Blockpacks.com. There, I'm going to connect my MetaMask wallet, and then I'm just going to click, and it's going to automatic. It's going to do everything that I just did manually. It's going to right. do it behind the scenes
1: both ways. And that, so- and again, that is built. It just hasn't had a chance to be audited yet, and it's just that's a pretty important system as you can imagine so we need more senior eyes on it and they haven't had time to audit it yet so it's built i i I hope that they'll be able to get through that audit relatively quickly and i hope that that interface will be live relatively quickly but it's um but it's not going to be a it's not going to be there tomorrow because i told them they they know this it's not i told them jim jim would never release it without it being audited but it's just we can't we're not gonna be able to get through the audit before tomorrow
0: I'm going to set expectations really low and I'm going to try to hold you to it. That way everybody's super excited when you beat them by leaps and bounds. So that is something that you see that will happen in calendar year 2023. Yes. Okay. And, and, and that's okay. That's where I want to uh, keep it. Now, one of the other things we've talked about is that we've talked about trustless trades. So is that something that eventually the marketplace where right now we're a trusting community, we send yep. to each other. And that is what I imagine the, the first iteration of, the, um, of, of sending, transferring will be. But do you plan to incorporate trustless trades into the BlockPacks marketplace?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's probably – if anything that I've said here is – something that will probably be further down the list. That one would probably be it just simply because when you look at the prioritization of it right now, um, we, and and again, this will come with growth, but the user base we have today, I mean, we've had so little knock on wood issues with trades. Um, we definitely want to do it, we will do it, but it's, um, it's not, that one won't be the highest priorities.
0: No, I think that I think most people would agree with that. Um, And now another question is, like, you've been such a big proponent of transparency. It's why you just see the future on the blockchain. So we're used to being able to go into OpenSea. I can look at um, Alpha's wallet. I can see everything that's in there if I have a couple hours to go through it all. Or I could go to the BlockPack's Home Team Hero uh, OpenSea collection. And then what I can do is I can click on that red Super Baby and or origin and I can see all the people who own it by clicking through and see owners and I can go through to each of their wallets yep what kind of transparency are we going to have in the block Packs marketplace for people who only live in the bpx custody wallets
1: yep so this is one where everybody on the call can shake their shake their head with me here I want to provide the maximum amount of transparency on that, and that's what we're striving towards. There are actually some consumer protection laws that we have to be careful of when we are the custodian of everything. Basically, we fall under the same kind of rules that eBay would in that type of regard. So I don't have the final answer yet of exactly what we will be able to sell. I think or what we, I think, at the worst, what you would get is you would get an anonymized ID. You will be able to know that, okay, I don't know who that person is, but I know that this one person did these 10 things. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think that's the worst. The best would be, which is what I would, I want it to just be that we can put the username ID on it. And it's just as, it's just as transparent as the blockchain. That's what I want to do. Um, So, I don't have the final answers on that stuff yet. Um, It's just it's one of those things where it's actually it's the the the, because the other thing that we have at play here is we also have some of the dynamics between our gaming leak. We have so we have gaming laws. We have we have steering clear of security laws. Then we have general privacy laws. It's just that when you when you do something like this and you move it into a self custody situation. You have to be more mindful of those laws versus with crypto, it's freedom to transact, it's your wallet, it's on the blockchain. We don't have to worry about any of that. So it's just a new set of things that we have to worry about. And I don't have every single answer for that today.
0: No, no, that's great. I think that's a great update. Um, Here's another one. Is how will rainbows and sets, et, et cetera, work when they're split between the self custody and Bpx custody for all those folks who've been buying since National?
1: Yeah, uh, this is a this is a beautiful one. It's it'll it'll it's gonna it'll basically the way everything's gonna work is we're gonna look at the account level, and it's going to know what you have in the Gnosis Safe and what you have on chain, and it'll be able to aggregate all that up. So when you look at leaderboards and that sort of thing, it's not like you're gonna see okay. This is B Jamps self custody. This is B Jamps, or it, it'll 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 push that up at the at the um, the top end user level. So I think everybody will be real happy with where that stuff lands.
0: And so when you look at the HTH set builder uh, leaderboard and you see your rank right now, so right today it doesn't show. Both. A,
1: it doesn't today, but it will. It will. So the system then- the system is built for that. And as far as what the update will be on that. Um, s- some of that is the, this, it's the same, it's the same tech <laughs> that is allowing us, that, that does the, uh, the transfers in and out, the banking management API, not to get too technical, but that's the same software build that will then allow the integration with the, um, with the, with the leaderboard. So again, it is tech that is, it is the, the, the underpinnings of it are built, it all has to be hooked together so that you can get that, that view across everything
0: now I wonder if that's going to be the same tech because it would help create the leaderboard. But folks asked about functionality to help build that rainbow. So can I look at set builder, see that I'm missing one piece of a rainbow? I click on that. It takes me straight to the marketplace and with what's for sale. Yeah, if you must- refer,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. If you refer back to that video, remember um, that was one of the things that I covered is that, you know, this is a big vision that Jim has. Jim, Jim wants... All of that to be seamlessly integrated for collectors, so that when you're looking at the market and looking at your collection, you, you have your set your set builder, and like you you see what are needs and what are not needs. Like he he has a whole plan for how he wants that to to come together, and so he's been talking about that since day one. Is that once he has ownership of that UI, how he'll be able to make the 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 col- the collector set builder experience. And the buy sell experience much more integrated. And the other thing that it will allow us to do too is it will allow us to add things like um, achievements and features, so like when you complete that rainbow, um, getting a little trophy icon or something. I mean, people people enjoy that. I enjoy that kind of stuff. Right? I mean, it's just fun. It just it's and and that's part of what we're here for. So getting those accomplishments and also incremental rewards that that we can do. Like everything doesn't have to be just the end of the season like it's we have a lot going on right now but once things are once things are in uh in better shape there, there will be a lot of opportunities for incremental rewarding and so all of that stuff we want it to be seamless within block packs if there's a promotion going on this weekend it's halloween and we've got the spooky football promotion and um you know Whatever the the theme of that is, and it's and and if you do these achievements over Halloween weekend, you get X amount of BPX rewards. I mean, we want all of that to just be seamless out of the marketplace because if it's not, it it won't work. And so, so that's what you can expect us to be working towards. There is just full seamless integration of all of that, the features as it relates to your set builders, your building your collections out, all of that.
0: I, I have to chuckle Jeff at uh going back in the first part of your comments where you said when things slow down, I've been here for two years, and I'm still waiting for you to slow down um,
1: yeah we've had we've had, <laughs> we've had periods where things have been a little bit more under control than others like, again right now the big big milestone when I say the word slow down the big <laughs> milestone the big milestone is v one like the fully fleshed out version that I had in that um in that video, and, and that's that's the big sprint that we're going to be headed towards um, is is getting to that as it relates to the marketplace. And I think once we do, at that point, you you begin to slow down the, the the you you begin to slow down as far as what you're you don't have these major new things coming every day, and then you can start really refining around the edges. You can make your leaderboard a lot better. You can make your analytics a lot better. Your comps, you can you can begin to, to really refine those things. So it's like, let's get the solution 80% there as fast as we can, and then let's get all of the solutions to 80, and then let's come back and take them from 80 to 100. And so that, that's kind of what I'm referring to there.
0: Okay, and I, it looks like I just have three more questions that folks have asked uh, sent to me they wanted to hear about, is that um, you talked about, hey, tomorrow you're going to put flashing lights on it and say make sure Polygon assets, the base set of HTH. Go to this address. The the ETH chain um, uh, uh, color pops. Go to this chain. So when you're going when you're going to send those assets into that address, it's just going to be like a normal transaction, right? You're either paying Matic or you're paying ETH in gas fees, and it depends on the time of day that to to get those assets into uh, BPX custody in your name. You're just going to have to pay that gas fee to take them out of self custody, correct?
1: That's right. It's just like it's just like sending it to doing a trade and sending your buddy a, a, a base set or color pop. It's exactly that, like that for sure. And um, and again, one of the things is is that the people that are totally new, they don't have to worry about that. So that's again, that's why we didn't hold up for that interface for the for the because the interface audit is because the people that. Um, want to that have stuff self-custody and want to send it over they know how to send something on chain and so once you send it into that banking address it automatically recognizes your account you need to send it from the same wallet that's tied to your account if you screw that up that's not the end of the world you could make a new account um, or you could tie that wallet to you there's workarounds for that so we know somebody's going to screw that part up the one we really don't want anybody to screw up is just don't send your main chain to the Polygon address. <laughs> I'm actually more worried about the base set because on Polygon, you'd, ENS doesn't work the way that it works on main chain. It doesn't resolve the same. So the Polygon is going to be a long address. Um, the main chain is going to be bank.blockpacks.eth. So... That one, since it's so easy, I'm just worried that somebody's gonna kind of be careless. They're gonna click a couple of base set assets, they're gonna type in bank.blockpacks.eth, and they're gonna hit fire, and then they're going that's that's where the problem's gonna happen. So please don't be that person. Um, don't let that happen. And then again, once the interface is there and it's point and click, then you don't have to worry about it. That the interface will decide where it needs to go. But until that interface code is pushed live you'll be sending it on your own. Be ultra careful with the address you're sending it to.
0: No, and I think for those of us who have been practicing self-custody, we appreciate you pushing it out now. Giving us the opportunity if we want, and, and honestly, based on everything we've done the last couple of years, that that's not tough to navigate. All right, so you mentioned about how buying and selling. I'm going to list it. It's going to be a BPX person. Somebody can buy it with either BPX or a credit card. Yep. Is there any plan in the future to to do anything else with payments in the Blockpacks marketplace? <laughs> no.
1: uh, as it stands right now, no. I mean, we're 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 I mean, I hope everyone is excited to hear this, but we're 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 all in on you know utilizing our reward token, and uh, I think that that's that's how we we have to build and should build, and you know it's it's if you don't it's easy to take BPX from BPX to something else that's and as we get more scale and there's more liquidity for the token, um, you know scale will help us remove volatility and those sort of things and. And it's just, that's just part of what we need to grow into, but absolutely we want to use that. And then as far as, you know, users that are not web three users, ultimately, and we, if we explain this to them, they can use their BPX to buy cards, to buy things in the auctions, to get, they can use it to build, to build out their collection, but ultimately if they want to cash out. And bring that back into sell an asset and bring that back to a fiat currency. Um, they will need to use those those Web three rails for that. And what I mean is pull it out and swap it. I mean that's what they'll have to do. So that's kind of the way it was designed. We don't want to be a money. There's there's money mar, money manager rules that you have to comply with, and those are getting more strict by the day. Where if we were if we were trying to tra- transfer money back out to people, we don't want to be in that business. Um, we're, again, we want to be a Web3 business and BPX is our, that's, if you, if you want to ride, I mean, that's the, that's what we're going to ride with. And, uh, switching that to Ether USDC is pretty simple and well, we, just need, we just need more scale around the token.
0: Well, and I also think I mean, I can see a squeeze coming in the auction marketplace. Right, these new people who are coming on board—they're given BPX, and what's easier: learning how to swap their BPX out to USDC and taking it out, or just going into an auction, buying a card they know they can sell at their local store, or that they can add to their personal collection. So, yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely, our goal—our goal is for people to use the token, right? I mean, that—that's our goal. We we want the we want. The people looking to the liquidity of the token, we, we want that to be secondary to the functionality that we build, and that's been our plan since day one. So, I mean, we we want it to be very enticing to keep that BPX in in the platform and use it in the platform. And I think, um, and I think you're right. I think for a lot of a lot of the people that are onboarding, that are buying HTH within their means, um, they hit a big hit. They may sell that. And then now they have a bunch of BPX. And I think, you know, we, we didn't have any of these people asking us at National how to take that and swap <laughs> right. it out. Like that wasn't, that that just wasn't <laughs> right. the question. The questions were, well, how many BPX will I need to buy that <laughs> card over there? And I'm like, well, that depends on the auction that night, right? right. Um, so that, that's where all the interest was. And I think, that, I think that that's what we'll see as we scale with new people. I think we'll see a lot of interest in – utilizing the token versus liquidating the token. And that just makes everything better in a lot of um, different ways.
0: One other question that came in uh, when when you list your red super baby and it's you're gonna list it in BPX, will there be a dollar amount listed that's gonna be yeah, floating?
1: Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll update periodically so that the credit card buyer knows what it is in
0: in fiat dollars. Yes. Okay, good. And then uh, a more, I'm going to call out uh, the geeks. Don't like me calling out. Well, I won't do it to this one user. He really wanted to go down the rabbit hole, but I will ask this one question. Um, ask Frenchie about when the home team here are 10% payout for eligible purchases. Um, is there a feature in Marketplace that allows us to see the bonus totals, including the 20% hold all day long bonus? So it looks like they want to be able to track that. What yeah, no,
1: it's, it's certainly that's that's on our list. Caroline and I kind of went through a bunch of that stuff the other day, um, and we I, I, there's nothing for that tomorrow. But um, that'll be when you see us release kind of this feature this feature roadmap of what's coming. Um, you'll see that you'll see that on there and uh, and just making sure that we, we apply all those credits and for folks that have participated in those different things, we certainly want to, you know, stay true to all those promises as well. we got um, talked to the team since I've been back about the, uh, the drips from the consignments I and mean, we got all that stuff is it's all, it's all there. And um, we know we got to get all that stuff done and just trying to balance it all while again, taking advantage of this, really what I believe is our, it's collectively our, the, the, the catalyst for us to really take this to the next level. And I, and I think we're going to really sneak up on some people. Um, meaning like in web three, I mean, it's just, I, I look around web three every day. I, I see what other people are releasing and I just see the, the lack of real innovation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And, and I look at what we're about to do and, I know this is going to convert when I turn the media team loose on this and they're actually, we, we have not run any ads yet for this. Like, because other than just some that we ran at national to say, Hey, come to our booth. Like that's the only ads we've run for all the Um, And so when we turn that on and we turn on and we start adding on these hobby shops and we start adding these people and 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 it's. Just, I think we're going to sneak up on some people because they're not going to see it coming because it's not going to come through OpenSea. It's not going to come through the same ways that other people are tracking these things. I think it's going to totally catch them off guard because because we're just not on a lot. of We're not on a lot of those the the true Web three gen radars. We're not on those radars. BPX is not on those radars. Our most of our collections are not on those radars, um, but. They're going to there's going to come a point where they're going to look over here and say, what the hell (laughs) What's going on over there? Like, where did all these people come from? And um, and it's going to come from that tip of the spear, putting the right product in front of people with a good product market fit that has a large addressable market and showing them why they should participate in it with us and then showing them a good time. And at that point, I think it'll all take care of itself.
0: Great, and the um, and just to close up one last uh, point we talked about earlier with the bulk transfers, they're not there now, but you do envision in the future you can do a bulk transfer. You can select different qual- quantities for different home team heroes to send over. So that should have functionality. At-
1: yeah. Jim Jim's goal is Jim's goal is feature parity with OpenSea without the without the the crypto complexity. So that's the, when he talks to me. That's that's where, like I heard him use those words today. Like, so if it's an OpenC feature, he wants to have it, and <laughs> and and so it's just a matter of again, how do we tick all those off and and and, and add them in? But if it's if it's a core feature of OpenC that's like bulk transfers, like bulk listings, like the shopping cart feature where you can add a lot of different things and check out once, all those things we want to have. But I just want to make sure everybody understands that's not all there tomorrow. But once the canvas is there, the infrastructure is there, the ability to do this stuff across chain, gasless, all of that tech extraction, abstraction. I won't go back through it. I hit it all early in the in the meeting here. Um, Once all once we're live with that, then then they can begin iterating on features, and we can we can begin keeping you all up to date on when to expect those features. and certainly you can participate in the conversation with us. We're we're not hard to reach. I mean, if if everybody's asking for one particular feature, then we'll we'll either move it up the list or we'll explain to you why it's where it is on the list. Like we'll we'll we are not we're not gonna change the way we've always developed together with you all as far as keeping you in the loop and um and, and being as transparent as we can on on how we're getting this stuff done. So right. just be a little patient and have some fun with it. And um, I mean, I really want to try to get, I, I'm, I told them today that it's like, I really want to try to make sure we get as many features, core features done as we can by the football rip just because it's football. And I, and I know that there's going to be a lot of interest and in a big surge around the release of that. So, you know, clearly we want, that day to be we, we have some buyers that have bought and you know they ripped a baseball box just to kind of see how it all worked but they're really they're just waiting on football we had a lot of people from national that that's what they're waiting on a lot of our sales were in the football product and they're they're waiting on that to rip so we want to really put that good foot forward for those folks and so we've got you know we've got this next three weeks four three to what is it it's the seventh i think is rip day um, it's a little over three weeks that we have here to uh, to try to get as many of those features in as, as we can.
0: Awesome. Um, and along those lines, to pob he had mentioned uh, earlier that the current func- – they were talking about, hey, how about a three-column checklist that shows current functionality in the BPX Marketplace expected functionality and then o- open C functionality and where they fit on those. Like you'd, you'd have to play with it, but they, mm-hmm. it sounds like you're already doing that. Jim's already doing exactly that Two P POB. That was their concern. Um, so Jeff, it's, I appreciate all your time. It's, we went 90 minutes, a little bit longer. We were hoping, I didn't know if you wanted to take any questions or if you just want to wrap it up right there with any final words.
1: Um, well, I think, again, I was originally thinking that this would be a space we would try to really have that we could run a lot of – run some ads to for our new users particularly. And, and, but I, I think as I thought through it this afternoon, I, I thought the oil we're probably going to end up being a little bit more um, – a little bit wider ranging than, than that. So I think we're going to need to kind of cut some other specific content for them. I'm not opposed to answering any questions, but um, – you know, I, I don't. I don't want us to sit here all night. It's already eleven. So, are are you seeing a bunch of questions or?
0: No, in fact, um, I think folks knew that I when I asked for the questions ahead of time. Um, I think I captured most of them, and folks have been messaging me and sending me. And I apologize, everybody, is that I'm really trying to take in what Jeff's been saying. So, what's hard is. I tonight I've tried not to read too much of what everybody's messaging me because I'm just trying to hear what you have to say, Jeff, to to take it all in. So I I think we're good. I don't see any – nobody popped up with a a speak request when I mentioned that. If somebody had a pressing issue, I think they would have done that. So instead, let me just turn it back over to you. I'll I'll give you the final word, Jeff, and then we'll bug out of here. And um, I appreciate your – and by the way. Appreciate your time. Super excited for this. As always, on behalf of the community, thanks for always making yourself available to answer questions, talk about everything that's going on. Is that it makes the it makes the community more fun. Yep. To, to be able to spend this time listening to you. Yeah, you
1: know, my, my my big my the big thing that I would just kind of try to again say is I'll go back to the point I made earlier. The the market fit here. You don't have to just take my word for it. Ask the people that were there. There were enough, there were enough community members that were in that booth for enough hours, that they saw it. And the 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 excitement that the product created, the smiles that it put on people's faces, we have a winner here. We now just have to use that winner to be that tip of the spear for us for everything we want this, all of this to be, right? I look down and I see all these miners in the audience. Trust me. I want to put tens of thousands of collectors in HTH and I cannot wait to tell them the story of the lost miners and why that should be of interest to them as a collector. The purity of that from a, just a, a, a zero dependency, uh, you know, just just one of the absolute best collectibles you can get your hands on. If you, unless you want to go buy a CryptoPunk. Like I'll concede the CryptoPunk's narrative is better than ours. Um, they were, they were the, the first, the biggest. They're, the, they're, the, they're that bellwether. But they're also, what, 100 grand. Um, so I, I want to educate them on that. And so I think that when you look at around Web3 and other stuff and you look at these other options that you have and places you could put your money and your dollars – when you look at them and you, if you ask, like, what is the catalyst? Like, where's the catalyst going to come from from these things? And 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 look at where the prices are already based. Like, if something is already twenty dollars or $30,000 for basically a, a community, like, how many people are really going to stomach that? Like, how many people are going to come into an, the next bull run and then rush to something like that versus assets that are more accessible to them? Um, I mean, I want the loft miners to become an inaccessible one day, but right now they're not. And I think they're incredibly well positioned. So again, I speak to those just because I look down and I see so many of them in the audience. And I just don't want you to think that, oh, Jeff is only worried about HTH. No, <laughs> HTH is the tip of the spear for everything. And the miners are incredibly important to me. So are the lesser assets. I'm not going to sit there and name them all off again, but they, everything we've created, I want to continue to create and continue to build those. And I want us to have our own, like, 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 it's not just HTH. It's the block packs distribution. HTH is a big frontline product, but we have other things that you can enjoy. Um, and we see that, that that that's a good formula that, you know, because you'll have times where people have got their HTH collection in order. So what do you do today? Well, I, maybe I'll go build this set of, Maybe see if I can go complete the flight set or something really challenging, right? You mentioned that earlier. I mean, that's um, there's some cool stuff there that people can always go back to, and we can release new versions in a lot of these different collections as we grow and and add new people. But um, and again, it's 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 I'm I'm looking at how HTH really is something that just is that market fit for the largest addressable market. And then how do we peel some of those people off that are interested in the geeks, some that are interested in the miners, some that are interested in the pirates and the parrots, some that want to drop down into those lesser collections. It's all important, all of it. And I just don't want anybody to lose, to think that we've lost sight of that because we haven't. There's a lot of attention on HTH. There will continue to be a lot of attention on HTH. The road ahead you know, we've got months of this stuff that we got to really work on here to really get this product fit and really nail it. Um, but we have not lost sight of the whole ecosystem. So please don't ever think that.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. Um, I appreciate you joining us and I can't thank you the listener enough, especially for the technical issues we had earlier tonight. We will join the, the Apple crew and we'll make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, Jeff, thank you for talking us through the details of the new Blockpacks Marketplace, what it'll be tomorrow and what it will be next year. And that's going to do it for us. Thank you, everyone. Have a great night. You've been listening to BPX After Dark, which is broadcast live each Thursday night at 9 p.m. in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. Hosted by B-Jams, we want to thank you, the listener. A special thanks to those in the audience who raised their hand, came on stage, helping to make BPX the best community. BPX is a community built by collectors for collectors. That's it for this show. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.